Hello, Internet Dwellers, and welcome back to Franchise Schmanchise. I am Jeff Bell here again, as always, for this uh, franchise, I suppose, uh, with my co-host, TC. Yay, TC DeWitt. That's right. I'm back. You can't Not- get rid of me. I'm like a bad penny. I'm always here. Wrong place, wrong time. Something, something. John McClane quote. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and we are watching the 1995 movie Die Hard with a Vengeance. Seeing the return of Die Hard director John yeah. McTiernan and starring, of course, Bruce Willis back as a more non-superhuman-powered John McClane. And by the end of this episode, we will answer Mm -hmm. the utmost important question. The reason we are here every other week talking and watching movies, does this film deserve a sequel? So, as Simon says, if a brother of a robber avenges his own death by sending you on a mouse hunt, where would the body of the brother's brother's killer be buried? You have 30 seconds to comply. Uh, uh... that, 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 I don't remember that from the movie. Oh. <laughs> so okay, so I'm not gonna lie. For that opening, um, I attempted to find a way to tie the movie into it, and then I just got ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just decided to go a completely different direction. Hmm. I'll, I'll allow it. I, that was very good. That was very Simon Sezzy of you. <laughs> it is. Um, it does kind of. It, 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 it is not real kind of, I don't know. It's the whole like, um, you know, if a plane crashes, there are 12 survivors, you know, there are 12, or there's like a plane of 250 people on a plane that crashes where the survivors buried like that whole, like that's where right. I was trying to go with. But, but, but everybody, everybody died. died. There were exactly. no survivors. <laughs> so I swear every time they do the elephant uh, fountain bit, I pause the movie and I try to see if I can solve it yep. again. For the, like, and every time I'm like, all right, it's, and then I'm like all proud of myself when I figure it out. Like, oh yeah, that's how you do it. I'd, I'd figure that out. The I'm first good. time I saw this movie, I remember doing, I, and again, I, I'm right there with you. I do it every single time I watch it because I'm always like, how... Wait, but how did? So wait, okay. Where do you? Where do they get the two gallons? They put the four. I, I always, I'm yeah, I'm always right there with you. I just remember the first time <laughs> of watching that. I was. Well, if we're ever in a if if we're ever in the desperate situation, okay, I got it. Good. So I the next it. time that yeah. I, uh, I I I drop um, a guy out a window and his brother comes back and pulls us together. Apparently, I'm John McClane between the two of us. I don't, I don't know why. Yes, it's it's because yes. I'm balding. That's why. It's the sole reason. <laughs> in my younger years, I, I like to think I, I felt myself as the main character in my own story, but I realized I make a better sidekick. I really you would do. get to be. But hey, we're all point here. Yes, we are. Uh, so, <laughs> so we are back. Uh, we are back again, and yes, this time we are. We're, we've reached part three of the Die Hard franchise. Um, so far, we have seen the mm-hmm. the first film in the series, which we've both really, really liked. We got around to the second film, which did, tried to tried to be the first film, maybe a little bit too hard and. In my opinion, failed a little bit. I don't want to speak for you, obviously, TC. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I think we came to that agreement uh, last time that the the film tried a little too hard to do the exact same thing, and that's why it fell short as a sequel. This movie, this third one, Die Hard with a Vengeance. I for the longest time, I always would say the best action movie ever is Die Hard. The best buddy action movie is Die Hard 3. Now, you can disagree with me because I know you're a Lethal Weapon <laughs> fan, and there's certainly other 
buddy action movies True. out there. But man, this movie is just so <laughs> tight. Oh my god! And I said it, I said it with Die Hard too. I wondered what John McTiernan would have done had he still been responsible for the sequel. And this right here. He came back with Ooh, a vengeance. I saw what you did there. <laughs> I would agree. I, yeah, I quoted the, I quoted the <laughs> it, title it, of the movie. It was, it, it, you, you, yes. <laughs> My mouth tried to say too many things at once. No, but I will agree. I, I will. This movie. I'll, I'll totally agree with that because this is like, like I, 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 so all of my notes for this movie are basically just like happiness of just how much I'm enjoying this and how, yes, that was correct. Like, this is how it should have been. This is what, like, I I think I used the word like great and perfect like seven times in all of my notes, seven, eight times in my notes, just because like, like I, I love like, okay, so right off the bat, I love that there's an explosion. I love that this movie literally does not start off with John McClane walking up going, hey, here's all the exposition you need to know. What's going on? Like, it's at, like, like Die Hard Boom. 2. No, no, this, it starts right away. It's, it's, boom, and the plot kicks off right away, and you want to talk about expert exposition delivery getting in the van like first you have the 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 setup of the villain right away saying i'm simon i'm gonna blow up the city get me john mcclain and then boom you get into that van heading off to harlem and it's expertly handled it doesn't how's the wife how you doing you look like shit oh my god it doesn't feel like exposition it's delivered in a way where you're 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 listening to it and you're just getting you're getting the bits and pieces. You're getting like, like you're you're getting like, like oh, you hear a little bit about Holly, okay, but you don't know everything about what's going on with Holly. But mm-hmm. you you kind of get that that feeling that things aren't perfect with it, and they're you know obviously he's got a he's got a hangover, and he's back in New York now. Okay, well that's the big key. But you piece that together. <laughs> it's not like yeah, Holly and I had a fight, and I moved back out here two years ago because of that. Like you don't get that. <laughs> blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 <laughs> No, no. Uh, but, uh, I, and I, I'll just keep praising the movie. I'm just going to keep going. The fact that it starts fast. The, facts that, that, the fact that that exposition is handled so well. The ensemble of mm-hmm. this cast is great, and it's so different than the ensemble of the first one. Because we talked, we praised the ensemble of the first one, that every single character in the movie is an interesting character, is a real character, as opposed to the thugs of Die Hard 2. This one returns to that form of every character on the screen is interesting. There's something about all the characters, about uh, Inspector Cobb, about um, the uh, oh, the blonde, um, about, you know, you're going to beware that champion, yeah. <laughs> Charlie! <laughs> well, you know what the beauty is? is uh, speaking of the ensemble, they, they're, they're done so well and... They've actually, they all have their own characteristics to it that you almost feel like you know. You you know who these people are without really knowing. Like, it almost feels like this is legitimately the third entry in a franchise with all of those characters. 
not just John McClane. Like I yes. feel like, oh yeah, no, this is just part three. It is you 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 brought up with the weapon, and yeah, I, I do know those franchise really well. Like that movie, that franchise did that where you got introduced to a lot of the characters, and they they are recurring characters throughout the entire film series. So you see them again and again and again. So by the time the third or the fourth film comes around, yeah. it's like, yeah, I know who those people are. And they don't spend time, you know, introducing those characters or doing, oh, that's that's this character because you know who they are. And I feel like that's exactly what they did with this. They set up this film in a way where it's just like, no, you know who these people are. You don't know who these people are. It doesn't matter. You'll enjoy yourself still. You'll get enough information to just yeah. watch and enjoy it. Uh, it felt like everyone yeah. had history. Everyone had history with each other. That and they and they helped build the mythology of John McClane. And by being such interesting people, we care about them. I'm, I care when Charlie's trying to deactivate the bomb in Chester A. Arthur <laughs> Elementary, and I and I love that uh, Inspector Cobb isn't the angry Beverly Hills Cop style. Hand in your pants, yep, McLean. Yep, yep. <laughs> he, he almost feels like. Maybe he was at one point, but maybe over the years he's kind of calmed down a little bit. Or maybe he never has been. I don't know. It's so hard yeah. to know. But I would just, I, 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 I uh, like, like one of my notes, and I, I kept saying this to myself over and over and over again as the, uh, as I was watching this movie was just, this is, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to see in a Die Hard film, which is, which mm-hmm. is John in his, natural environment because I feel like he's at home in New York um, I feel like he knows what he's doing he knows he knows these streets well enough he, and he, he's not in a, a, a sky you know a skyscraper in LA he's not just running around in New York and he's doing what he does best and that's just to be a cop or just to try to save lives. And, and a, a good, good cop. cop, you know, yeah, he does abuse yeah. his police privileges, <laughs> like when he calls but for the he, ambulance. He does. He do- <laughs> True. Yes, because he, he does, and he does not hide the fact he says it. Yeah. I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. I know. Yeah, I'm a, you know, your brother was an asshole too, but I'm an asshole. Uh, but he is a good cop when he's not being a jackass. He's proving that he's a good cop. He knows. How to work the system he knows how to do good police work like when they're naming off his past crooks that could potentially be simon and they say oh was it this simon guy he rattles off all the charges and what that guy was mm-hmm. sentenced to yep. from memory that's if, if he was a bad rogue asshole cop he wouldn't no. remember that and and they and the other cops wouldn't respect him the way that they do or joke with him the way they do unless they a had history and b respected the guy. They feel bad for him. They ask about his wife. They make sure he's okay and he cares about all of them. He remembers his friend's yep. badge number. Oh man, and that that bit, okay. I got I had I had I had I know this movie. I know everything that happens in this movie, but I had forgotten a very small beat in it and it relates to that I, I loved that in the beginning of the movie during that very casual exposition sequence inside the van that you know they oh yeah okay so they introduced the mm-hmm. the badge number they introduced a the friend very not like in a way of you're gonna need to remember this later just very matter of factly mm-hmm. and then later in the movie when John's in the elevator and he looks over and he sees the badge on the on the, the bad guy there, the thing that I realized and that I, yep. I was actually blown away by this was that I'm like, oh, 
There's no echoey voiceover or smash cut flashback. I played my band. Exactly. Number. And I'm like, <laughs> and it's it's only on camera for maybe like two seconds. And then it cuts back to John and then he starts having the conversation and then he kills the guys. It is, it was done, it was written and it was filmed in a way where it went, hey, the audience will remember what happened a half hour ago. They heard it. Good enough. Doesn't matter. We don't need to bash them over the head with this piece of information just to sell the point. It's like that, that I, I geeked out because I'm like, oh, holy crap, this movie's 20 years, Mm -hmm. 21 years Mm -hmm. old now, but that that's how they would have done it nowadays. They would have had a flashback or you would have heard his echoey voice saying it. Yes. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, they didn't yeah. do that. And you know what? I it's it's been <laughs> I haven't really analyzed this movie. I did it for this episode. I've seen this movie mm-hmm. many times, but I've never actually like sat back and really focused and paid attention. And not just that badge, there are setups and payoffs through this whole damn movie. The fact that John needs aspirin right off the gate, the fact that they established that Simon has headaches, gets him the the Tylenol that leads him to the climax. The the missing dump trucks that pays off mm-hmm. later too. And as a good cop, he thought he knew what it was. Oh, insurance fraud. No, 14 dump trucks. Um what else there was uh, I wrote I wrote down a bunch. Oh, the when um when Zeus gives the bomb from the elephant to the two guys. They then give that to Hans and he uses that bomb to blow up the dam. <laughs> it's so so every like, like everything in the film is introduced and paid off in 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 a very yes. um I'm spacing on the terminology, but a very a very a very well done way. It's it, it's very in, it, yeah, it's it's intelligent and it does not pander. It doesn't have the echoey voice. It doesn't have the momentary flashback. Like, oh, and oh man, I, I keep praising <laughs> the movie there. But speaking of a momentary flashback, the mere mention of the name Gruber and getting that glimpse of yep. Alan Rickman, but the look on Bruce Willis's face in that brief second is some <laughs> top notch acting. He fears that yeah. name. He he has a element of post-traumatic stress just from that name. Like, dude, does this name ring a bell? Yeah, I reckon. I also, and you can see, I like like that his flashback image of, of Hans is the moment that he, that Hans is falling to his death. (laughs) That no, but that's not just, that's not, that's not just a, a random moment that they picked because what does John tell Zeus? You know that guy who was chasing? I threw his little brother off a building. What's the only time you saw the little brother? Being dropped off a building. So you don't even have to have seen the True. first movie to get all the information so you they need. they actually set this film up yeah. to be a stand... It really is. This is honestly... It's a standalone film. Except for the fact that it's Simon oh, yeah. is yeah. Hans's brother. But like you just said, they set that mm-hmm. up in a way where... Fans of the series obviously are going to go, oh, yeah, holy crap, it's it's Hans' brother. But f- people who are just coming into the yeah. theater the first time having never seen the other Die Hard films are going are gonna to understand enough to go, oh, it's kind of a revenge film and in, a, in a way, yeah. but not needing to, like, it's not like, well, we're digging into things said in the first film in order to get our story in this one. It's just literally like, no, yeah, it's his brother. That's enough. That's all you need to know. Moving on. I, 
I used the Indiana Jones franchise uh, as an example of Temple of Doom to Die Hard 2 last time, and I'm going to once again go to Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade as an example of what succeeded there and what succeeds here in Die Hard with a Vengeance, because returning to a holy item, returning to some familiar characters with Sala and mm-hmm. Martin, and or Marcus, I'm sorry, and uh, and again with this, it's it's... It's returning to the formula without repeating the formula. And actually, I'll ask you, do you feel that this follows the Die Hard formula? I feel like this is the logical direction that it needs to go to. It does, in some sense, follow the Die Hard formula with some deviations. Um, We still have the... I don't want to say like a public works, but we have like a, 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 an, an everyman who does help John out in a situation uh, where he is stuck and needs to be needs to advance the plot a little bit, yeah. which is uh, the truck driver, <laughs> which is Jerry, the Jerry, yeah. uh, not Jerry. Um, yeah, was it? Yeah, whatever. The truck driver who was helping him out in the aqueducts. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And like so, that's that's basically that's our limo driver, and that's our guy, that's our janitor from two. You know, so like okay, so it does it does hit that beat, but it does deviate a little bit stuff like like uh, simon they get what they want in like the first third of the film like un un yes it's that's great that the the heist reveal is an hour in it it, at the hour mark all the information is laid out it doesn't wait to be a twist at the very end no the information is oh it's just a heist and then the second twist is that oh he's double crossing the other guy exactly (laughs) exactly like it's like they spend the rest of the movie just getting away like trying to get away from it like (laughs) unlike unlike his brother who spent the entire film trying to get his stuff and not succeeding they they basically succeeded you know to a to a degree they got away (laughs) you know yeah but the relentless relentlessness of John McClane. And you know what? I, lo- I love that this movie does return to formula in that it's an it's it's a nice every it's an asshole, nice guy, every man, wrong place, wrong time, but do the right thing. And the the smarminess yeah. is gone because in two, I complain that John yep. was a dickhead. He was he was less lovable and more of this like cocksure, like, yeah, I know yep. I'm good. And I'm going to credit John McTiernan for that. Because he was able to create that likable dick <laughs> in John yep. McClane and draw that out of him. But it's the script, too, because because John cares. He cares about the people. He cares about like what he's doing is to save as many people as possible. Yeah, because because every it's time great. that like like so when they're when they get to the when they get to the payphone and they think there's a bomb inside the basket and they're they're calling it they're trying to pull everybody aside to get you know to get them out of the way you know when in reality even if a bomb had gone off it probably would have still injured dozens of people or like in the uh, in the subway car when mm-hmm. he's when he's actually carrying the bomb in the back and he's telling everybody to please move to the front of the you know get basically get the hell out of here but doing it in still this yeah. in that police mentality of you know. He's 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 holding a freaking like suitcase size bomb in his hands, and he's like, "Well, everybody, please just move just to back the back up, back up, like just, yeah. just move to the back, just get out of my way." But he's still, like you said, he has he has everybody else's best interest in mind. He is still trying to save everyone else, 
And that is exactly. He's a hero. He's a hero. If he, if he was a, if he was a total smarmy dick, he wouldn't have cared because he would have been just trying to save himself at that point. But he's not, he is trying to save everybody else and, and, you know, putting himself out there just to save other people. Cause again, he's, you know, he's willing to wear a sign like a sandwich board in Harlem just because, you know, he knows Mm -hmm. if he doesn't, then they're going to blow up some other, you know, Simon says he's going to blow up some other building. Like, like the fact that he is willing to do that and not just say, yeah, fuck that. I don't care. We'll find him. You know, yeah, I'll blow up. Like he actually (laughs) cares. He cares about what's going on. And that's what I like. And it's so, uh, this movie is so much better. So much better. (laughs) Well, let's talk, let's talk about Sam Jackson. Now we haven't touched on Sam Jackson. I want to make a point right off the bat that the racial climate climate of this movie the tension the racial tension that exists in this movie it's a bit overt in some places but it's also nicely handled and still freaking poignant to this day it's it's uh, zeus's line of i stopped a cop from being killed in harlem because if a white cop is killed today there's a thousand white cops out there Looking, looking at the black man. You know, I'm, I'm totally ruined that line, but he's absolutely right, and that is sad. Yeah, as hell. it's very sad that 21 years after this movie, that that part is still very poignant and still is very true. And mm-hmm. and that I don't know, it's unfortunate, but that might be why this movie is fairly timeless because that still looks like New York to me. Like everything that happened in this movie. Yeah. Oh, I mean, looks like that's New York. <laughs> Here, here's three, three things, three things in the movie that that make it. So it's the no oh, four. So the yep. racial thing, yep. right? The black, the black guy killing the white cop. That's a bad thing. Um, there's a Donald Trump reference. There's a Hillary Clinton reference, and there's a World Trade Center yes. reference. It's so. And it's not, and it's not the World Trade Center of of nine eleven. It's the five five or six years previous. Uh, prior to that, when the bomb went off in the basement of of the World That's Trade right. Center, it's, it's so it's chill. It's it's this momentary chill of like, oh, <laughs> my dad, my dad, you remember that World Trade Center? Yeah, I see. And that's the thing is, my dad, my dad hadn't seen this movie until like 2002 or 2003, so it had been post 9/11. Well, when he heard that line, he had mm-hmm. forgotten about. The, the 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 parking garage or that 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 9/11 or sorry not that World Trade Center incident yeah so when he heard that he went did they add that line for this movie post 9/11 and I went no that's for the that's for the other no. incident and then like we you know we looked it up and we researched it just so he could remember it but it's like it, that was that was thing it's like holy crap that still works like it makes you think and like that sequence after that bomb goes off like there's images in that that's like that's very reminiscent of stuff that happened on 9-11 too which is so weird it's just it it, it doesn't right. this movie doesn't age I never realized that till yeah till now. but then there's the there's the New York the New York attitude of <laughs> uh, when the bomb goes off in the Wall Street area and the people are up in the sky rise like eating <laughs> chips and drinking coffee like how many engines do you see or when they're around the telephone and they're like there's a bomb in the garbage can and all the people are like Welcome yeah. to New York. Yeah. Which I feel like that <laughs> attitude changed post 9-11, and it's not that anymore because yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. bigger case. But still, um, <laughs> I digress. But, you know, it, this movie certainly doesn't have – let's let's not dwell on the, the shockingly <laughs> chilling narrative of that, of that element. Let's go back to talking about Sam Jackson because these uh, Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson have an awesome char- char- yes. charisma together. Like They have great chemistry together. It, 
And I think this is one of the most likable characters Sam Jackson. Very ever true, played. and I will I will agree. And it's so weird because it's like I, I started trying to think, and this comes down to um, my answer later on for whether or not I feel like this movie deserves a sequel. Because um, I started thinking about it, and I'm like, well, really, the characters you have John McClane who. <laughs> Who really would probably just rather be alone? <laughs> he doesn't want. I just want. You're ruining a perfectly exactly. good hangover. And then you get Zeus, who feels very independent. It feels like he is just. He's happy doing his own thing. He'll help. He'll help a, a, a person out. But at the same time, whatever. Just again, he doesn't want to be a part of any of this crap that's going on. But he gets pulled into it. So you have these two guys who really don't want to be with one another. <laughs> And are forced to be with one another, <laughs> and ultimately, but they exactly, do the right thing. They, they both the right have thing. the mentality of okay, that's fine. I don't, I don't like you. You don't like me. I don't. We don't. You know, as soon as this is done with, you know, screw it. We're separating. But we need to do this stuff together because there are other lives that are at stake. They both kind of have that same mentality of yeah. looking out for everybody else, and just to you know, they, even though they may not seem like that's what they're trying to do. And I agree. Sam Jackson did a great job. I never got job. the feeling that oh, I never got the feeling that John didn't like <laughs> Zeus. I never got that feeling. I I felt like as soon as John knew what needed to be done, he was going to get it done to save as many people as he could, no matter what. And even if that meant lying to Zeus to keep him on the True. on the hook, over the course of the movie, you see them develop. You, I think you see. Zeus develop a little more of a respect for what John's trying to do and John winning him over in finding a friend because the their their situation at the beginning is very confrontational and he's trying to like hey Zeus hey Zeus why you keep calling me hey Zeus well goddamn Puerto Rican to you he didn't say but hey Zeus he said hey Zeus Zeus is my name <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the police station later when they're on the phone with Simon and John's on the phone kind of being yeah. a smart ass. And then Zeus comes over and is like, you can take your well laid plan, stick up your well laid ass. And John smiles he at out, him. He out John McClane's John McClane. Because <laughs> would, that would have been an answer that John like would right have there, had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like they, that John and him are very similar in that respect and that's why they they made such a good team and every time sam jackson zeus's character wanted to use the damn the white man attitude on john john would be like no that's not it that's not it at all i was gonna call you an asshole because you're an asshole <laughs> so they both kind of have a they both kind of have I, I i feel like maybe at the start they both I don't mean okay. So not liking each other is maybe not the correct term, but the 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 mentality of they they don't want to be, they don't they if they are reluctant. reluctant to, you know even give in for the other one. But once like those little things like the fact that John is just honest with Zeus and Zeus speaks his mind like he does mm -hmm. on the phone there exactly like John does. They grow that relationship into this reluctant buddy cop, which is exactly what you need for a buddy cop or a buddy film in general. It, you know, it ultimately is. That's what the weapon was. You had two different cops from two different styles from two different era, you know, ages who are now thrown together and have mm -hmm. to be let, let alone two different races. But now they have to work together in order to solve a case and they do things completely different and they don't like it. But in the end they re they learn to respect each other so it's it, that's exactly the same thing that happens here and, and and that goes back into and i think i brought this up at one point but the the screenwriter of this film so the the original script was called simon says 
if, if I'm if I'm yes. racking my memory correctly, it was called Simon Says, and that was the script that yeah, got pitched to Hollywood, and that's what got bought, and then that got adapted, and at one point was supposed to be the fourth Lethal Weapon film. I think I originally said the third one, but I think it was it would it became it was supposed mm-hmm. to be the fourth one. Uh, yeah, because at ninety five. Lethal Weapon 3 came out in 93. So yeah, it was supposed to be the fourth Lethal Weapon, which if you look at it from there, you can see, yes, this could have been a Lethal Weapon film. You know, little little change in the beginning. With, with more edit, yeah, more tweaks to make it Murtaugh and Riggs as opposed to two people thrown right. together. Um, just make them, make them part of But the of mentality the of their, well, the bad guy is now like... Um, it, it, the, the bad guys honing in on Murtaugh and Riggs to have to go be doing all these ridiculous things, all you know these puzzles all across, which would have been LA at that point, but you know all across the city yeah. while he they're actually off probably you know doing a bank robbery or something along those lines. Like yeah, that works totally. But it, so so it's it already had that element of a buddy picture written into it. So it was it, I see why they adapted it into. A diehard film once it got passed, and just because yeah. it it had a lot of the same, and I know the screenwriter said that uh, that most of the script was for except for some character you know tweaks just to cement it in the uh, uh, the diehard franchise. But uh, besides that, most of like the first two thirds of the film was pretty much almost word for word his his original script, and then. His original exactly, and then yeah. once the whole oh, I don't remember where in the point of the film. Like I think I think once they start heading towards the aqueducts, that's when things start changing. So then it became more of a diehard film, um, just because of the original ending went a completely different direction that wouldn't have worked for a diehard film or something like that. I wish I I would love to read the actual Simon Says script just to see. Yeah, it might be out there so. somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Scripto I know, man, boy, that's a that's a flashback from the day. I remember going on there all the time. Holy <laughs> crap! Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, look at this. But let's talk. Let's talk villain here. Let's talk Jeremy Irons. Now uh, we we discussed that in Die Hard Two. It was a it was a really hard challenge to top or try to com- to follow Alan Rickman, and I feel like Jeremy Irons. Wow, like he he created his own villain that's comparable to Hans. And in in a way, I feel more capable and smarter than Hans Gruber. True, true. And that's the thing is like yeah, he he. It's not you know he's not doing an impersonation, you know, of Alan Rickman. Nope, he's nope. not trying to make him be Hans. He is doing a really all over the place accent because <laughs> much like Alan Rickman, <laughs> you know, it's an English, he's very, very British, very British. <laughs> trying not to do a British accent. And oh God, when he does that horrible Texan accent after the bomb goes off, <laughs> Oh, coming on down here to check on the wall street. But here's the thing. They, at least in this one, they put an element of explanation for that because he was part of a covert group of, English-speaking Germans like the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah, yeah, I saw the movie. <laughs> True. Oh man, it, it was just sorry that my 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 Texan note just kind of got me off track there. Um, but no, he's not trying to do that. He he is his he's own just, character. He he's his own brother, and I even like it at the end when mm-hmm. him and John are, are laughing, you know, about like what an asshole Hans was. Uh, you know, 
Oh, yes, yes, he yeah. was an asshole. Like, he was an asshole, wasn't he? Oh, you, you yeah, got his number. Like that, I, I, I felt like, like, wow, I almost get this attitude that he really didn't even like his younger brother. Like, I, that's the mentality that I kind of get, you know, from him is like, yeah, I know he was. Like, yeah, like but not, not like the, oh, I don't care that you killed him. Not that he's still his brother. He still cared about him, but it just, yeah. it, it kinda, he, he was willing to kind of joke about it. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not just, no, you killed my brother. I'm not going to laugh at that joke. Like, that's that mentality, <laughs> I guess, just. There's, there is a moment. There is a moment when he says your brother's an asshole. You can see it flicker across Jeremy True. Iron's face of like, what did yep. you just say? But then he like blows it off. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an <laughs> asshole, wasn't he? Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. But you can see it for a moment there <laughs> on Jeremy Iron's face of like, what did you just say about and my brother? And he could have easily, it's just snapped and, you know, fired. Oh, man. Oh, but see, that's not what he would have done. Him. Okay. Now I'm just thinking I'm all over the place. Yeah. But now like when, when, uh, when Zeus shows up in the, in the, 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 the ship's deck, uh, with the gun, any, the, the, the control room, room yeah. any, he, he fires it, but the, the safety's not on. How, how cool was it and how like awesome was it the way that Jeremy Irons portrayed Simon because he's just sitting there eating an apple or whatever like that and he just turns around and just cool calm and collective yeah. you know he puts the apple in his mouth grabs the gun uncocks it pulls the apple out you know gotta take the safety it off shoots it's him the, in the knee like, oh. I'm like that is so badass I'm like oh I love that it's so badass. well done so brilliant and just ah oh, I never get that that's that moment never gets old because there's n- like it's just matter of fact, like, hmm, yeah, forgot to take the safety off and just fires it. Hmm. Uh, you forgot to take the safety switch. <laughs> I oh, love boy. it. It's so good. This movie is just more fun. It's just it's 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 a through and through an action mm-hmm. movie. But much like the first one, it has an intelligence and a heart to it. And the good guys all yep. care. The good guys are all trying to do the right thing. The bad guys, the even the bad guys aren't straight up thank you for saying that yep like yep. the like like in die hard 2 they have their reasons for doing what they're doing and and in some way they're freedom fighters more than they are yep. terrorists. Yeah, because like when the when after the after the water fountain scene and they and Zeus hands the the police officer who's actually the under like one of the undercover guys for Hans the the, the briefcase and yes. he's gonna put it down and like and you know yep. and then subtitled you know what are you doing we can't leave it here what if like a kid finds it or something like that like like or I made that just note like too. oh <laughs> they're not actually bad guys they're they are they're bad. But they actually care, and that they're not monsters. That's the word that I used. Uh, and yeah, just mm-hmm. he wouldn't blow up a school. He's exactly. not a monster. Exactly. Like that. That. That mentality of just like no, we're we're not like that's not who that's not who they are. The guys in part two. No, they would have blown up a school. Yeah, they would have just left that bomb on the mm-hmm. side of the road. And and that's they blew up a church they're clearly more villainous (laughs) very true uh but yeah no this 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 so this so far this episode is the complete opposite of what i feel like part two was (laughs) where we were were ragging on it and like this one we're just praising it well it's it just comes down to the script was Mm -hmm. so tight the direction was so there was a vision mctiernan came with a vision he he reigned in bruce willis he uh, he allowed Sam Jackson to do do what he does best in the most charming way yep. possible. Like everything in this movie is hitting on all cylinders 
firing at all cylinders to screw up the metaphor. <laughs> That's about as funny as a screen door in a battleship. So the <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> no, and like so, I I feel like maybe if 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 we want to if I if I want to point out like a flaw, and I I made this note too, like the one moment in the the movie where it kind of does get. A little ridiculous is John surfing the dump truck in the aqueduct. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that's that. It's like that's the that's the part you know of the what? film where it's like, I, okay, you're going a little above and beyond, but you're still a little. It's a little superhero. Yeah. It was a little convenience, <laughs> a little convenience that he would fly out where okay. Zeus was, but he did tell Zeus to follow the, the highway to meet him at yep. the end of the tunnel. It just so happened that it was timed with of him passing and John flying out. Like it was convenient timing. <laughs> which which but hey, the, you know, I, you have you have to forgive oh an action yeah, and movie. that's and that's why it's like like I I, I don't I don't care because because the rest of the movie is so good and you know that they do have to go a, a little at, you know above and you know a little hyper real for some moments for the the uh, the action. Yeah, my the note I made. The note I made for the, the moment of like, okay, I'll buy it, was when they see the dump trucks down below the bridge, and John goes, does this thing have airbags? Well, your size does. I don't know about mine. McClay! And he just crashes and lands the car and keeps going. It's a great moment, but at the same time, like, oh, come on. There's, uh, but you know what, like, it, then it, then even after all that happens, because I really feel like, in, in all honesty, I feel like the 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 riding of the of the dump truck in the aqueducts, you know, like the surfing of that scene, and then getting onto the boat. That sequence, which is like maybe ten minutes, fifteen minutes max of the movie, that's the most outrageous yeah. portion. Portion. <laughs> that's the most outrageous part of the entire <laughs> film. I had a weird uh, Simon Gruber accent there for a second, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it just got weird. But no, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Partial. That was very Irish. That's, that's an interesting portion of the movie you have there. You might as well have done that accent. He was close enough. I don't know what. Um, but no, it was like I don't know what just happened. I don't know what just happened. We we, we went. Uh, we went Irish. It was so weird. But like that, that that fifteen minutes of the film was probably the like the most re, most quote unquote ridiculous portion of it. But after that, it actually calmed back down and went back to a little bit more of a realistic tone, shy of them jumping off mm-hmm. the boat as it exploded. Forget that. But I mean, like, but but like everything in the boat, <laughs> everything in the boat, and that even the climax, even the ending, is still fairly realistic. Mm-hmm. Like. There's, I mean, there's nothing too outrageous about that. So you have, you know, it didn't yeah. just go, oh, he's surfing a, a dump truck and now, oh, now they're, you know, now there's helicopters chasing after a boat and they like, there's. It didn't get fast and the furious right. on us. It didn't just yeah. keep escalating. And that's what I liked about it. I'm like, I'm willing <laughs> to just kind of forgive that and uh, like forgive those couple of minutes because no, it gets back on track here. And yeah, that was a moment of just fun and silliness. Mm-hmm. And now we're back back to the movie that we were watching so i love the fight between mclean and the heavy i can't remember is the big tall yep. blonde guy where he grabs him by the leg and just like <laughs> whips him against the the side of the wet the crate and uh, that's a great i'm not gonna stay down yep. fight like that's that's a great John McClane fight. It's not the invincible John McClane, <laughs> which is what I like about it. I like again, 
it's 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 the John's a human, not a superhero mm-hmm. bit. Like mm-hmm. it's like he's just a super he's just a dude. super guy, you know, you know. Oh man, uh, <laughs> but no, like it's it's. I'm sorry. Uh, it's clear that we both. It's clear that we both yeah, love this movie. I love this one so much. I think this this is the worthy successor to yes. Die Hard. It it returns us to this character, much like I've been saying since the first one and the second one. Of let's not make him enjoy the fact that he has to do this. Let's team him up with someone else who is unfortunately dragged into the situation. It it gives everything that I feel is logical to what that first mm-hmm. one set up. And it, seeing the more worn down John McClane, it was good. I, I, I really, really think this is the the worthy successor to that I agree. Person. I agree. This is what part two should have been. You know, it, it should it and I feel like I feel like I could easily watch Die Hard One, and then you can anybody can do this. I really feel like you could watch Die Hard One and then go right to Die Hard with a Vengeance, completely forget what happened in Die Hard Two, and it won't. It doesn't Mm -hmm. just like they did, and it doesn't matter because (laughs) frankly, nothing in Die Hard Two translated into something that happened in Die Hard 3. Like, you have, you know, John, yep. okay, so John's back in New York. Okay, maybe he did, you know, like, if you're just forgetting Die Hard 2 existed, he's back in New York. Okay, he's still not out in L.A. with Holly. They're still having problems. You know, they're still mm-hmm. fighting. All right, he's just mm-hmm. doing his job still. There's not this weird bit where now you have to realize, like, okay, so after Die Hard 1, John moved to L.A., became a cop in L.A. He was a yeah. cop there. And then something <laughs> happened after the whole D.C. Uh, incident in Part 2 with the planes that now he then yep. moved back to New York, got his job again, and is now working back out there. Like, <laughs> in six years, a lot has happened to that guy. <laughs> or seven years, I suppose. That's that's a lot of transferring of uh, precincts <laughs> exactly. and departments there. Exactly. Ah, McLean, more paperwork. <laughs> we just finished getting your transfer taken care of for the so, last time. Now, the now now the question yes. comes, Jeff, as we've been just praising this movie up and down. <laughs> do you want to see more? Do you want to see more? This was hard because I was I was thinking about this today. I was trying to think about what my answer is because I love I love what they did with mm-hmm. this. Um. And yeah. it's tough. Well, well if, if I yes. may. You want to go first? If, if I may, while you, while you wrap your yes. mind around it. There was something missing to the end of this movie. This movie didn't have the walk off into the sunset ending that I feel John deserves. Because it just ends with him when going you, back to the to, phone. To, calling Holly, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Holly. All right. Good <laughs> luck. I told you she's a very stubborn woman and let the music cue come in. It didn't have a finality to it. It felt a little too cute of an ending and not the ending of, and now this hero is done. It didn't. So I, I, I agree. I love the direction that this movie took, but I don't know what you would do next, so I'm I'm a little torn. What what are your feelings? So about I mean, this? if if we're going off of that ending where it's it is kind of it, it, it they actually left it open for a sequel. That's the ending that I would have expected for a film franchise where they're like, nope, John McClane will be back, and we're gonna do more with this. And so we're not <laughs> at the end of the credits rolling. It says John McClane will return in Die Hard Four. <laughs> it's like I almost. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Except he doesn't come out in the tux. He just comes out in his wife beater and just just kind of lazily looks <laughs> over and then fires his gun at him or pulls it off from his back. From his, bleeding. Uh, yeah, bleeding. <laughs> leaving a little bloody footprint. Anyway, I did, we derailed uh, no, but like I feel like that, that's a really good point. And, you know, and I, I never made that uh, connection while watching the film. Excuse me. That they didn't have that ending. It didn't have the walking off in the sunset. That it left it open. Um, I love this. I love this movie so much that I would. I would. Yes, I would love to see a part three or a part four to this. Um, but I feel like it would mm-hmm. need to continue these characters. These guys would have to keep going. You can't just create new new people and new scenarios and go off in a new direction. I would. L- you you would put Zeus and John back would, together again for another I would, adventure. I mean, I would go the route of kind of what we were discussing uh, for previous. What our ideas for sequels would be. Put them up again. Put them in a situation where they're forced back into being with each other again. What that would be, I have no clue. I attempted to come up with what the sequel would be, um, if I if there was going to be one, but I, I can't. I can't imagine what it would be. I just feel like there would be a sequel with those characters in it again. Um, I, I just, yeah. I don't know. Uh, see, I, I, my, I wouldn't go back to Zeus. I wouldn't, maybe I would bring Sam Jackson back for a small little, maybe a scene or some sort of cameo, but I wouldn't bring, I don't feel like Zeus would get mixed back up in this bullshit again. I do think John would get mixed up in bullshit again, but I, that's just me. I mean, I, I do love the two characters mm-hmm. together. I would rather see Al come back than Zeus come back, <laughs> tell you the truth. I think, and I think if they brought Al back, they'd make it be that Al is actually like Zeus's cousin <laughs> like I feel like they'd <laughs> go that terrible. route which is that's it's horrible terrible. and I'm not <laughs> that's die hard too bad that's die hard too bad there Jeff come on now. let's be realistic here hey John have you met my uh, cousin Zeus uh, <laughs> son of a bitch ah, man see um, it's I do feel like, yes, I would love to see. I, I think this movie did set up something that could offer up a very good sequel. But I, I'm like you. I don't know what that sequel could be that wouldn't fall that flat. Wouldn't, I that, can't, I, I that wouldn't be a Die Hard 2 all over again. Trying to trying to come yeah, up after, yeah. come after a, a really good, successful entry in the franchise and... Just fall mm-hmm. flat again, but it, but it's, but at the same time, maybe this, this is this it, ending yeah. where he doesn't walk off into the sunset was McTiernan's way of going. Look, John is just never going to have a normal life. We gave him this, you yeah. know, quote unquote, like like happy ending wrapped in a bow in the first film. They gave it kind of to him again in the second one. We're not doing that this time. We're just we're literally just like nope. Mm-hmm. It's never ending with him. He's just going to be on the phone again with Holly and starting all over again. And that's it. That's what our hero is. He doesn't get the never ending yep. cycle. He won't ever have a happy ending until he dies is probably the only way he will ever have it. Like, I feel like maybe that's what they were trying to go with then. And if. Wow. Well, you know what? Maybe it's a matter of if if there was a following of this character again, keep him in New York and maybe this is a little too Beverly Hills cop mm-hmm. for you, but open a movie with him and Zeus hanging out and John getting a phone call of sorts that says, hey, something has happened to person X, whether it's Holly, whether it's Al out in Los Angeles, whether it's his daughter or something, but then dragging him back into the circumstances. Then you get to see Zeus one more time. And then John, like, hey, you want to help me out? And Zeus be like, ha, fuck you, John. <laughs> I ain't getting on no damn plane. I heard those suckers crashing, D.C. 
the um <laughs> call back to two just to make sure that two is still canon you know just it's all part of the world uh yes yes it is. but like so like because see and that's i i feel like i definitely feel like john and zeus are friends now because oh yeah zeus oh, yeah. had an opportunity to be done with the situation after the whole boat exploded but he chose but he chose yeah. to go with john at least in my head, he chose to go with them. Had a good time exactly. doing it <laughs> to, to go, you know, like, 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 okay. So they are friends. I'm not saying like Zeus is ever going to be a cop or like that. He's not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'll be side by side. He'll just be John's friend from now on. But that is a great, idea. that's mm-hmm. a great concept to get John back out into, uh, out into LA again. Um, but keep him in this world. Don't throw him back into the into another building. You know, don't redo, don't rehash part one again. What I love the most about this, as we said earlier in the film or earlier in the podcast, was like I just liked I liked seeing John in his natural element. I liked seeing him at the police station, surrounded by you know other fellow officers and you know and 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 his his boss and like like dealing with that stuff. That's the stuff I like to see. I. Well, I love part one and I like seeing him out of his element. I also really enjoyed seeing him surrounded by his peers. Like that's fun to me. Yeah. So he's not, he's, he's not in the wrong place. He's, he's in his, his place. You're right. And that, that did work to the formula while giving a new take on it. Yeah, absolutely. I love seeing which you could technically, you could still get that effect. If, if we go your route and we have him go back out to LA, because if he was a, if he was a cop out in LA, he would have an equivalency to those people out in LA. And if it is Al that gets hurt or kidnapped or killed or something along those lines, well then he would be out there with a group, a similar group of fellow peers and police officers trying to figure out what's going on out there and maybe even yeah, maybe even fellow officers who don't like him you know he was he was there for a short time and left trying to like weasel his way back in he'd be like no get the hell out of here you this isn't your district anymore you no, i'm here because of my friend let me just tell me what i need to know i don't know i mean we might be breaking too far away from the formula but that seems like a fourth movie i could yes. get behind yep um but I, I don't know if that's the for two and for three I've had pretty firm ideas of like you should do this and with this one I'm kind of like I don't I don't know it does feel like you could have one but I don't know what it should be that <laughs> doesn't really help us much but that's and just you know what, what I guess this this portion of the podcast we answer the real question of you know do you feel do you okay so really let's just to recap because we did kind of go all over the place do you think you would are you would you be content if this was the last Die Hard film. Um, yes, I, I would, I would have that lingering feeling of, it'd be nice to have more, but if this was it, I would, I would be okay, okay with it. And I'm right there with you on that too. Cause like I, 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 if it, if it was a trilogy and I watched Die Hard 1, which I loved, and then I watched Die Hard 2 and I'm like, okay, that was fun. You know, it wasn't as good as Die Hard 1. And then I saw Die Hard 3 and went, yes, that's Die Hard 1. Thank you. You made, that's you, you made up yeah. for it. You made up for the last one. Great. I'm okay now. Like it's that mentality of if you fail or if you, if you, if you come short on certain stuff, but as long as the next time around you got back to what made the first time good, I'm okay with it. You don't need to keep going because you proved that yes, you could still make a, a, a good sequel. You could, you could do that. Well, don't keep going. So yeah, I'm in that same boat of, yeah, of yeah. if this was the last one, 
Yep, I'm okay with that. I, I don't need to see another Die Hard film. I'm happy with the uh, the story that I got, and I'll just you know he'll play off in you know he'll play out in my head forever as to uh, <laughs> as to what happened after that. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with a where would you go with a, another Die Hard film? What what the sequel would be? What I think what we came up with would be our would be a, a good one. I'd probably watch that, but yeah, I would need a lot of work in order to try to figure out how to keep it on formula how do you keep it in yeah how do you keep it in the formula that's a question i think it's it that's probably a conversation we'll have off mic later of like wait well what would we do to develop <laughs> that story but i think that's a good planting of the seed of what the diehard four yes. could be and and you know what uh, oh but sadly <laughs> we know <laughs> sadly that is not where it goes folks um Unfortunately, <laughs> it, it's it's not at all, and and I am I am, it's with a troubled heart that I have to say that, <sighs> twelve years later, the studios decided we need to make another film, <laughs> we need to make another. Well, hey, don't don't, you're putting you're putting the cart before <sighs> the true, horse. That's true because you there, know what Jeff, we cannot discuss. I haven't watched yet. it. Four does not That's true, exist and I have yet. also not watched it in a very long time, and we'll have to discuss uh, yeah. off air which versions we're watching too. Just to throw that out there. Oh my God, you're right. There's yes. three versions to choose from. Well, but anyway, anyway let, let's let's wrap yes. up this episode before we start discussing. So, the next so was there anything else that we we missed, or that you didn't uh, you didn't get a chance to mention anything that you liked, anything that you hated about Die Hard with a Vengeance? I feel like we did talk a lot, just good, uh, just how much we loved um, mm-hmm. Die Hard with a Vengeance. I, I I know I really really enjoyed it. I I love it. I love it just as much as I I love Die Hard. Like they are, they are. I but I but not as much. I guess I'll take that back because I will watch Die Hard every year. <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance yeah, will yeah. be like every so often. <laughs> like is so it's a little bit lower. But was there anything else? I think what I could say is that John McTiernan is one of the greatest action directors of mm-hmm. all time. He he may not have followed that through in the later later into his career, like the the twilight years of his career. <laughs> Uh, much like someone like Ridley Scott, where it's like, "Ooh, you peaked. You you are on the downward spiral yep. here, folks." But Die Hard, Predator, Hunt for Red October, this uh, this movie, uh, Speed. Like this guy is one of the best action directors, and there's there's such a, a craftsmanship to how he how he makes these movies that I actually don't think trans that isn't necessarily something that people can capture now because we're so used to the the explosive blockbuster gigantic action mm-hmm. movies that that I think the the very modern sensibility of action movies might it, these movies might be lost on that more popcorn flick immature attitude I guess but the someone who loves cinema someone who respects what cinema can do I I think John McTiernan's direction particularly in this movie, shows just how capable he is as a director. So I just wanted to praise him uh, for, for his work. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. That's 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 what we need. We, we definitely need to talk about that. And that's the, that's, that's the key thing that, that we realize that it was his work that made this this entry in the franchise so good. It was his his involvement mm-hmm. as well as again as well as a really good tight script. We as we said before, as script. Yes, do not let me give John McTiernan <laughs> all the credit. This script is Which tight. I, the performances are tight. There's, I did yeah. find um, a 1994 version of Simon Says Die Hard three. 
as what it's called. Um, I will find this. (laughs) I I will, I will get you a link and I'm just reading like the first, just tiny little bit here at the beginning. And it does have McLean. Like, so it's already been adapted to be a John or a diehard film. Um, but it's, there's an opening scene where it looks like John's at a bar. So already it's different. So that's interesting. I'm, I'm looking to, I'm looking, I'm I'm interested to reading that just to see how different that is. So uh, I'll also post that, I guess for those of you guys at home uh, listening to this, if you wish to read that, I'll post that on the website, on the ghost at website. Um, So you can take a gander at that and read. So just so you can see what it looks like. And maybe we'll discuss that uh, in the recap, the final recap episode for the franchise. So um, if we had gotten a chance to read it. But all right, well, um, I yeah, I'm I'm we've said everything that I could think of when it comes to this film. Just uh, I guess the one last thing I did like this was this was the one thing I, I made a comment about this in my note. Um, so the first two films, okay. and, and then we'll wrap it up. We just like the last minute here. Um, I liked that the first two films obviously took place during the Christmas season or right at, before Christmas. This one, obviously not. This is like yep. middle of the summer in New York, so it's all hot and sticky. Hot time, summer, <laughs> as, as evident by the opening song, and the uh, but I like that there is still a nod to Christmas in it. Because it's when oh, it's where, when John is is in, in the aqueduct and he's walking up to the garbage truck and he's he's got the he's got the construction helmet on and he's like excuse me fellas and the bad guys are in the the seats oh, he's like yeah. have you guys seen this the, there's been reports of a man with like eight reindeer and he fires and he kills them both and he's like like big suit like what like big belly red suit surprised you haven't seen him like Jol- jolly, jolly. surprised yeah. you didn't see him I'm like okay so. I didn't think of that. There's still a subtle little (laughs) reference to Christmas in the movie, and it's just a gag. Like, like, yeah, that's it. That's great. (laughs) And it's, I feel like that's for nobody except for like for like the three people, myself included, that would have been like, "There's nothing about Christmas in this one." Oh, there is Christmas in this one. Okay, I'm fine now. Yay! But yeah, that was wow, it. That's man. all I had for uh, for this particular episode. So I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm very excited. So uh, we'll wrap things up here. TC, do you have anything you wish to plug or talk about? Uh, uh, feel free to do so right now, sir. Anything cool? All right. Uh, if you'd like to listen to me talk at length about movies, you can check out my own podcast, The Rewatchman, which is available on iTunes. Uh, it comes out every couple of weeks. Uh, things slow down every now and then when my co-host gets busy with his career. <laughs> Um, or, or you know, I get busy. <laughs> uh, but also check out firmamentfilms.com. Firmamentfilms.com is where you can find a lot of the short films that I've written, uh, directed, acted in, along with many of my fellows, including yeah, Jeff. that's me. That's me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And uh, thank you guys for listening. I just... Uh, I love doing this. So. <laughs> any any excuse to talk about movies? That's I'm there. fun. It's awesome, and I enjoy I enjoy talking with you about movies as well, which is why you are my first host co-host for this uh, franchise series. So, yay! And obviously, it won't be the last. Remember, look who's talking. Uh, that's coming down the line. I'm making you be my co-host for that one. Oh yeah, that's that's way down. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, it's gonna be awesome. So, and then uh, obviously for me guys, uh, if you wish to uh, follow me. I am still doing um, 
live tweeting. I, I finished the Halloween franchise uh, about a week or two ago, and I'm kind of sad because uh, um, I don't have anything of the live tweets, so I'll have to oh. figure out something else to live tweet. But you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Random Bell. And uh, also, if you haven't yet, be sure to go and check out the uh, Facebook page for this podcast because we do have a Facebook page now. Um, just so that way, oops, I hit my microphone. Yeah. Uh, so that way you just keep up to date with us. We want to, you know, feel free to leave comments and talk on the posts. We I, I like reading stuff. And I always respond, and and it's just it's a lot of fun. I like that community environment. But that is at Facebook.com/slash/franschman, uh, <laughs> which I want to make a T-shirt now that says that. Uh, so, and also, if you guys have any ideas for future movies, uh, future franchises that we can definitely do down the line, we do have a couple of them lined up. But always are open to taking the suggestions. Be sure to you can go ahead and tweet me at Random Bell on Twitter it, and just use the hashtag Franchman. That way, uh, I know that that's what you're talking about. Uh, or if you just want to say, hey, this show's great, yeah. that'd be awesome. And also make sure you can leave a review on iTunes because, you know, people actually do care. Just uh, don't leave a one-star yeah. review. Because you know, that, that a, few a few yeah, stars. You know, I'll take nice. three. That's cool. I'll take more, please, you know, if you're being generous. But, you know, just, yeah, you know, just <laughs> more, than, more, than, more than three would be great. And I'll, I'll take one. You can have three. Total that up four. four. I'm okay with that. I feel Math. TC. I think I think we both need See, three, so we could have six. Can we have six on iTunes? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Make, Make it, it so. so. Steve Jobs is <laughs> ghost. So with that, everybody, uh, that is it for today's episode of um, Franchise Schmanchise. TC and I will be back next time. Because <sighs> mm. mm-hmm. I think there's a mm-hmm. sequel to <laughs> this movie. Twelve years later. It, uh, live free. Live free or die hard. Die oh hard. my god, what a horrible name. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> bye, TC. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye now. Happy trails. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.